to be joined now by our food and drink reporter, Andrew Dembina, who joins us on the line from somewhere dry and safe. Right, Andrew? That's right. Hi there, Karen. Um, yes, it's blustering uh, all, all around us. It's funny. Lots of people were criticising the uh, the number eight uh, factor, and I don't think it's really as strong as an eight, but we're now feeling that there is, has been or uh, is still a typhoon in our vicinity. Yeah, looks like it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're uh, you managed to stay out of at least out of the wind. I know there's not that much rain there, but there's definitely a lot of wind. There, there is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying. I'm, I trust all is well at broad, Broadcast House, uh, as it, always. As always, you know, we're in a windowless room, so safe <laughs> and sound and cosy in here. Best bet. <laughs> yeah, best bet for you. Yeah. Well, so, Andrew, what have you got for us? Yeah, I mean, it's um, you know, it's still a time as it has been for for many weeks and months of uh, of a bit less happening than usual in the global food and drink scene. However, there have been some very um, optimistic uh, indications in mainland China, hoping uh, as they report uh, fewer cases of COVID nineteen that um, you know that certain events will be able to go ahead. Mm. Um, I, I've been surprised, yeah, for weeks to see that. Uh, the mainland edition of, of France's best-known wine expo called Vin Expo that started decades and decades ago in Bordeaux um, is arguably the biggest wine fair. There's been one There's been one in Hong Kong for many years, which was cancelled this year, but the one that has been there for fewer years in Shanghai was going ahead until very recently. It was meant to be going ahead on October the 21st. Really? However, yeah, it really was. I and mean, it was. I was just wondering how on earth, because I get these kind of wine calendars of seeing what's going on all around the region and so on. However, um, Vin Expo Shanghai uh, has just announced in the last couple of days that this year's edition will now be held virtually. Um, so it's, it's officially cancelling the physical event, which was uh, scheduled for... Uh, for you know, for this month, as I said, on the 21st of October, but it's at, at the 11th hour because I'd really hoped for the best. Uh, I think um, normally there would be winery people coming from around the region, at the very least, if not representing the labels from around the world. Obviously, um, that wouldn't have been the case had it gone ahead. It would have been local distributors, you know, from mainland China or maybe across the border here in Hong Kong. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but many wineries who were booked to take part um, are now left with a question mark on how virtual uh, a virtual wine um, event how will take place. Yes, how would you do it yeah. when you can't smell or taste yeah. the wines? Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be clear, um, for, for those not uh, aware of Vin Expo and some of the other uh, big wine events. Um, uh, this is meant to be for those in the industry. So that's people who are retailing drinks um, or who have restaurants or are in the food and drink business. It includes media as well, but it's not one of those kind of wine and dine festivals like you get in, uh, in normal times along the uh, central harbour front. Um, but, it is, but it is a really big deal for, uh, for those looking to uh, source and promote wine around the world, and this year has suffered a lot. Mm. Uh, so how how it goes ahead is not certain yet. But anyone who's intrigued, whether you're in the industry or not, can go and have a look at uh, the main uh, Vin Expo, which is based in in Paris, but uh, but 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 has different editions around the world at uh, Vin Exposium. That's all one word. Dot com to see uh, how that's going to happen. So mm. many have been cancelled. There is one that is uh, scheduled to take uh, 
place in New York shortly after the new year next year. You know, fingers crossed that that can go ahead. But other multinational wine events in mainland China um, are still planning to go ahead in November next month, at nice. the moment anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, that's Pro Wine China, which originated in Germany. That's another big one in the world. And Vin Italy's uh, events called Wine in Asia. Um, so, so we have to just kind of wait and see whether these things, like so many other events that aren't food and wine related, um, you know, have not been able to take part. Yeah. Um, Interesting, Andrew. I'd yeah. be interested to get your take on, despite um, maybe events not being able to happen, how healthy the wine industry is. Because, you know, I, I spent uh, mm -hmm. nearly two months in the U.S., and I have a friend who owns a fairly large wine business, and he yeah. has had the busiest season ever since March. He, he literally well, has, has had yeah. record business because people are staying at home yeah. and ordering it, wine. Yeah, there's, there's, there, there, the different um, segments of the wine industry have, uh, have performed better or worse. The, uh, the wineries themselves were struggling during COVID uh, with certain restrictions upon them to harvest the wine, uh, to get the, uh, the grapes picked from, you know, as they ripened at their optim optimal uh, kind of ripening time. That was tricky because of restrictions on, on, on people and uh, operations to a certain extent around the world. That's been a tricky one. Distributors have done the best. And, mm -hmm. uh, yes, as you say, um, uh, people who are retailing or distributing wholesale or whatever um, have done exceptionally well. And um, in, uh, I know from uh, following some retailers in the UK that some of those people in the early days of lockdown, uh, the Brits managed to drink them dry at quite an early stage of the game. <laughs> so, so it was, it, it was they, they were saying, we wish we had more stocks, but we can't get them either because of logistics from... Uh, um, you know, wines coming from around the world because the logistics were affected. So um, there were some um, wineries, but mostly beer companies around the world who were looking to, for ways to offload beer in particular that Ooh. doesn't have a long life if it's not uh, canned or bottled properly right. to, uh, to, be, to be distributed. In fact, I was talking to Noreen some weeks ago about a microbrewery that was uh, that was looking to give away uh, 5,000 pints, which is a small quantity really compared to the big commercial makers, but mm. but 5,000 uh, you know big glasses to to uh, to people in the community and in, in the part of southeast London that it was based in order to do a community related thing, but also not to be dumping uh, stuff in a uh, you know in a non environmental way uh, because they uh, they couldn't keep it for uh, for any longer. So, mm. it, that, so there have been all kinds of uh, challenges. I mean, you, um, yeah, yeah, the wineries themselves, um, as usual, uh, sadly for uh, for California, it's been it's had the double whammy yes, in Napa the region. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's that just adds adds more woes. But um, uh, but I'll uh, I'll move if I may from those uh, those harrowing uh, but, but 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 you know very difficult sort of uh, stories to something that is happening. Again, and it seems to be again and again that things are happening online. Um, it, tomorrow, sorry, today, there is something uh, happening starting uh, tonight, Hong Kong time, but in the kind of lunchtime to early afternoon in the UK um, from the 50 Best Restaurants group, who are um, raters of lists of restaurants. They also do the 50 Best Bars. They're kind of in the same, they're treated by restaurants 
and the bar industry as in the same almost well i'd say pretty much shoulder to shoulder with michelin guides these days um in terms of reviewing restaurants and bars and they have asia editions and um latin american editions um but they're doing something to try and rally their wide-reaching community through doing these lists of top bars and restaurants every year to put together something for uh uh, today until the 15th of October, so going through a few days, um, it's a uh, uh, it's nine uh, sessions called the 50 Best Recovery Summit, oh. and yeah, I mean it really is reflecting on everything that's been going on, the decimation uh, in some places even more so than others of restaurants and bars through, as we well know here, restrictions that um, that kind of. Uh, come and go as uh, as governments react to the uh, numbers of people affected by COVID or or their own uh, take on the situation, etc. So um, the organisation is uh, putting together what uh, uh, it, it reckons is a great sort of um, uh, community from around the world of a back-to-back roster of um, of thought-provoking content about what's going to be going on in the world of mostly food. It's mm. not focusing on its bar area in restaurants after COVID-19. Right. And it's managed to get participation. Yeah, it's got some really well-known sh- uh, chefs who uh, who often win awards in its own um, uh, lists and, and would also be appearing in all kinds of other lists around the world, including Michelin. Um, so there's, um, I'll just tell you a couple of the highlights. There's a live Q&A session with uh, the winner of uh, the World's 50 Best Restaurants title more than once, and that's Chef Daniel Hum of mm-hmm. Eleven Madison, oh, which y- is rated as... Yes, yeah, have I, you heard of that? I've been, been to there? that restaurant. Well, I've, you know, in the summer times, the last three years, they set up a yeah. pop-up in the town that I spend the summer. And so oh. I managed to go the last two years and it, it really, they mo- they moved their entire staff out to the town where we live and they rented oh. houses for them. And for three months, they they closed their New York City restaurant and just oh, replicated it out there. Of course, this year uh. they couldn't, but they were there the last no. two years. Yeah, they were fantastic. That's- I mean, that's really surprising uh, and committed that they shut down the New York operation. I thought you were going to say it would be um, a skeleton staff from there. Maybe uh, the main man, Daniel Hahn, would come out uh, to to open it and then go back to New York. I believe believe they were renovating the New York, um, the physical restaurant also. So it was a way for them to stay open, yeah. Yeah, That's, uh, that's a couple of really top restaurants in the world do take that opportunity and isn't it a great one when they are renovating um to to do you know something like this pop-ups in other places um so that's uh, what, what what was your can you remember what were any kind of blow you away kind of you know great dishes that you had was um, there anything that, well, that uh, what they did is because there's a lot of seafood locally they um really made some great dishes with the local seafoods like summer flounder um, I remember yeah. they make fantastic desserts, and I, I don't right. know what it is. The food is just different, it's just innovative, right. g- really interesting right. flavors, um, and you know, yeah. not fussy or ostentatious, but it, okay. just really, really nice menu. They called it um, oh. EMP Summer House. EMP. Yeah, Eleven Madison Park EMP Summer oh, House. Oh right, yeah. yeah. 
reacting a little slowly to that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course, yeah. Right, right. Well, it's, uh, that, that's, that's a great experience for you. I mean, so if you want to get a bit more insight there, Karen, or, or to the listener, um, Daniel Hum will be doing a live question and answer um, on his cuisine and on the future of... Uh, of certain types of cuisine, including his own, and gen more generally than that, it will be just him in the spotlight. That's one of the three-day events. And also our very own uh, chef and restaurateur uh, in Hong Kong, Mei Chow, who has owned a few restaurants and bars in her home. She currently owns Little Bao Restaurants in Causeway Bay, and she's a very kind of edgy, mixing certain um, uh, elements of Chinese, not only Cantonese food, with, um, with Western to... Uh, um, to pair them with amazing cocktails. She's going to be talking about um, uh, how to go forward, really, as everyone will be talking about that. But it'll also be, it'll also be a celebration of uh, positive stories um, of restaurant restructure and how the best can be made for um, recovery and revitalization. So it's not uh, three days of, 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 of talking about the worst things that have happened because mm. it's, it's, the idea is to, is to keep the motivation of uh, both the public consumer and also uh, those in the restaurant trade yeah. to, uh, to push forward and what best they can take from this uh, challenge that is still ongoing. Right. And can, um, can anybody sign up for that? Yes, this is a, this is a public event okay. and there's a website um, that I'll mention. Just go to the main website, which is www.theworlds50best.com. And so okay. that's uh, theworlds50best.com. It's also can be accessed from its Facebook page, which is slightly different. That's 50 Best Restaurants. And the number, the, when I'm saying the number 50, it's in numbers, so numbers, five zero. Five zero. Okay. But, it, but, if you, but if people Google that, they'll come to the right thing. It's pretty, it's, you know, because it's really buzzing about this at the moment. And there'll be, uh, there'll be other things that people can find out, but uh, another one that sounds interesting is a food and drinks pairing masterclass. With uh, with top chef and uh, top bartender input, so it'll be how to mix things in an interesting way. That's very consumer orientated. That mm, one. Cool. So, yeah. Um, so um, the, the the last thing that I really wanted to mention is less something happening, but but more about a really intriguing um, chef that I've come through reading. Um, uh, an article in The Guardian in the UK recently. A couple of weeks ago, Noreen and I were discussing two female chefs in the, at that time, just released Time magazine's 100 Most Influential People of 2020. And both were interestingly immersed in um, global and, in one case, US social issues that, that were around food. Mm. And uh, there's a chef in the UK, yeah, who also takes the... Uh, the kind of opportunity of being in the spotlight to be vocal on social issues. And it's just an interesting trend, I think, that's happening, that, uh, that some chefs are using their time in the spotlight to, um, you know, to, to look at other uh, areas where, where uh, either cultural or in many different ways. The, the, uh, the chef I'm talking about is called Asma Khan. Okay. Um, she's, uh, so she's based in London and uh, she has her own um, uh, Indian restaurant, and she's about to open to another bigger one because she's she's done um, better and better over the years. She's she's got a cookbook, and she, in last year she was voted as Business Insider magazine's uh, number one in the list of coolest people of food and drink. Wow, that's quite an interesting yeah. name uh, yeah, for a Business Insider magazine. That's, <laughs> that's a very hip uh, and trendy uh, name for uh, for an award for the year, isn't it? Exactly. Um, well, um, a couple of the things that she says is a lot of countries 
take the food and don't respect the culture. Um, but um, you can't take my food if you don't have me. And mm. um, it's about it's about uh, n- not not really to say that fusion cuisine can't happen, but that um, that she is very cynical on some of the ways that big companies. Uh, mix elements of cuisine um, for their own profit, basically. Um, so she she cited something about um, a biryani wrap that she saw in one of the biggest supermarkets. <laughs> uh, supermarket <laughs> chains. Oh dear. Yeah. Like and, a and, cultural and, and appropriation. Exactly. That's exactly it. And it was, um, it, you know, it was, and she couldn't even get her head around how um, a biryani, which is a uh, baked rice dish, could be possibly in a... In a um, wrap? Yeah, yeah. It, it was, the full title was Biryani Vegan Sweet Potato Wrap. Oh I mean, it's getting, it's getting every element of trendiness. Vegan, sweet potato, um, let, let's go a bit, a bit ethnic while we're there. You know, it's kind of, it, so she takes exception to this sort of thing. Another thing that she does is gets um, female staff in her in her restaurant, um, both in the kitchen and out on the floor. On the floor, we see more of the consumer, but in the kitchen, less so. Mm. So she's really trying to move on that. So I, 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 want, I don't want to go on about this too much, because uh, uh, a little, uh, a, a little uh, hunch inside me says that you might be wrapping up the programme with an interesting song. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. It's a song that I really like. I just um, kind of discovered it over the summer. And it's called yeah. Otto Lenghi. And, of course, you know, you can tell us who Otto Lenghi is for our, for our listeners. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he's a, so he's a, uh, um, we can say he's a celebrity Middle Eastern uh, um, uh, chef who has become quite a, quite a kind of a, a cult, like the man for, uh, um, for cookbooks and restaurants, which serve um, slight uh, twists on... Uh, on, on Middle Eastern uh, cuisine. Mm. It's, uh, um, it's, I mean, but he's contemporary without, again, as the Indian uh, or South Asian chef that I just mentioned, uh, without sort of mixing it up too much, but, uh, but, but really, really true flavours to, uh, to, the, to the Middle East, but, mm. uh, but, but, but sometimes giving it the odd twist. Yeah, so, so interestingly, um, this English rapper, Loyal Khanna, um, is loves to cook, and he actually runs a cooking school for children with ADHD and the cooking school is called Chili Con Carna because, you know, his oh. name is Loyal yeah. Carna. So he um, he is very much a fan of Otto Lenghi, so, so he wrote this song. And then I think he and Otto Lenghi have actually cooked together. You can go on YouTube and find video of them cooking a dish together. So, um, yeah, so I was going to play this song anyway. Then I realised, oh, Andrew's coming on to talk about food, you know. We should. I should play yeah. the song after that. So I don't know whether you've ever heard cool. it, but it's pretty nice. No, no, I haven't. <laughs> Look forward to hearing it. Okay. okay. Well, do you well, have anything else before us before you wrap up? Well, not really. Just that um, that this uh, this chef. I would uh, I, I would I would search down anyone who's who's kind of uh, slightly interested in hearing what Asma Khan has to say on social issues around food. Uh, particularly in the UK and London where she is based, but they apply more globally, the kind of concept she's talking about. Um, mm. Search her name. It's A-S-M-A and her surname K-H-A-N. Okay, fantastic. Well, Andrew, thanks so much for that, that roundup. Really interesting stuff, and um, thanks again for, for telling us all about it. Sure. Thank you very much, Karen. Have all a good right. afternoon. You too. Take care. That's Andrew Dambina, our uh, food and drink reporter. And here is 